We were talking this morning in Bible class about how our life, we have to get rid of things that uh, would pull us down. You know, in Hebrews uh, chapter 12, verses 1 and 2, tells us where to lay aside every weight and the sin that does so easily beset us and run with run the race with patience that's set before us. In other words, we are to make sure that we get rid of things that would encumber us in our, our life for the Lord. But not only that, we have to then fill ourselves up with things that are good. It's not enough for me just to say, I'm not going to do that anymore and stop doing that. What I have to start doing is putting good things in my life. I have to begin to uh, study and I have to then begin to uh, make those adjustments in my life as I go. Look with me to Matthew, in Matthew chapter 12. We're going to begin reading there in verse number 43, a passage that I know you're familiar with, but let's, let's read it together. Verse 43 says, When the unclean spirit is gone out of a man, he walketh through dry places, seeking rest, and findeth none. Then he saith, I will return unto my house from whence I came out. And when he is come, he findeth it empty, swept, and garnished. Then goeth he and taketh with him seven other spirits more wicked than himself, and they enter in and dwell there. And the last state of that man is worse than the first. Even so shall it be also unto this wicked generation. Now, as, as I read that, in my mind I could picture, I could picture a house. I could picture a house that uh, needed to be cleaned out. And you can picture how one would go in and remove things from a house. Sweep it and garnish it, the Scripture says. But then what happens? The Spirit go, is gone out. Then what happens? He said, I'm going to go back there. And he comes back, and what does he find? He finds an empty house. It's much like we would say uh, uh, an empty uh, slate board, blackboard. But then we have to write something on that board. We have to put things good in the place of those things that are evil. You know, we see things in life, and we might look at that blackboard, and, and we see things that shouldn't be there. James chapter 1, 22 and following. We look into the perfect law of liberty, and as we do that, we see ourselves, and we begin to make changes, or we go away and forget what, kind, what manner of man we are. But here's the blackboard, and, and it's got things on it. And I take a racer, and I go there, and I clean that really good. But then what do I need to do? I need to then begin to fill that space with things that are right and just in the sight of God. In verse number 43, he describes a generation that's evil and adulterous. The house had become corrupt. It needed to be cleaned out. Things needed to be removed from that house. And the same is true with us today. We have to get rid of sin in our lives. We have to repent when we have done things that are contrary to the will of God. You know, in 1 John chapter 1, verse number 9, we're told to confess our sins that we might be forgiven. 
The Bible tells us that we are, are to repent. Except you repent, you shall all likewise perish. Luke 13, verse 3, also in verse number 5. We, we get rid of sin. But brethren, we must put God's Word in our hearts. We need to fill our lives up with things that are right and just in the sight of God. You know, we find uh, in this reading, we'll look at three points in our study. The first point is reformation. The second point is return. The third point will be result. Verse number 43 speaks about the reformation. What does he say in verse 43? Look at it again. When the unclean spirit is gone out of a man, he walketh through dry places, seeking rest, and findeth none. And again, there's the idea of, of things that are not good. The evil spirit goes out and we drive it out. And, but it doesn't, it doesn't die. It doesn't go away. It's, it's, not, it's not something that's completely annihilated. It's there. And it can come back into our lives. So as we think about this reformation, you know, my heart, your heart, is like a house. What we put in it will determine how well that house will, will stand. Matthew chapter 15, verse number 19, speaking again about the heart. The Bible here says, For out of the heart, out of the heart proceed evil thoughts, murders, adulterers, fornicators, thefts, false witness, blasphemies. That was an evil in the heart. Those things can be there in the heart. They can be kept in the heart. But also things good can be there. And it's up to us to decide what's going to be good or bad. And again, I, I encourage you to think about God's Word. I need to fill my house up with the Word of God. Not with denominationalism. Not with things that are uh, uh, immoral things that are not right in the sight of God. We make a choice. Are we going to have something good in our hearts or will it be things that are not good? You know, we, we watch things, we listen to things, and if we're not very careful, those things become part of us. But I want to clean that out. I want to get rid of it. And when I do, I need to put things in that are, are good. In Matthew chapter 12, verse 35, here the Bible says, A good man out of the good treasure of his heart bringeth forth good things, and an evil man out of an evil treasure bringeth forth evil things. Proverbs 4 and verse 23, Keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. Have you ever thought about that? What I have, what I have inside me, what I think about, what's on my mind, is really what I am. So I need to work hard at making sure that my life is guided by the Word of God. And as I said earlier, we have to decide. You, you and I make a choice, whether it be things that are good or whether it be things that are not good. We make that choice. Debbie cannot make that choice for me. She can help me along the way. You cannot make the choice for me. You can help me along the way. Choices are made by individuals. How much do we love the Lord? In Matthew chapter 6, verse 33, the Bible there says, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. 
And it just tells us we've got, we've got to make sure that we have our priorities in place. And my priorities are going to come because I will study the Word of God. I'll, I'll look in this book. I'll make this my companion as I go through life. You know, prior to obeying the Gospel, what were we? Well, we were living in sin. Prior to our uh, obeying the Gospel, we were people who were burdened down with sin. And that's why uh, you, you think about in uh, Acts chapter 22 and verse number 16, when Ananias came to Saul of Tarsus, he said, Now why tarriest thou rise and be baptized, washing away thy sin, calling on the name of the Lord. Because those things are to be removed. They're to be, be gotten out of my life. And I do that because uh, I turn to Him obeying the Gospel brings a cleansing to my soul. You know, there's a lot of people that really do not understand that. And there's a lot of people that act like they understand it, but they live like they don't really care. Making sure that we are doing that which is right. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, there in verses 9 through 11, he says, Know ye not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God? Be not deceived, neither fornicators, nor dollars, nor adulterers, nor effeminate, or abusers of themselves with mankind, nor thieves, uh, nor covet, uh, covetous, uh, nor drunkards, revilers, extortioners, shall inherit the kingdom of God. And su- watch this. And such were some of you. But ye, have, ye are washed, but ye are sanctified, ye are justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of our God. You were like that, but you're not like that anymore. In Ephesians chapter 2, it tells us again there the idea, uh, you know, at one time you lived in these things. One time, At one time, these things were part of your life. But when you obey the gospel, they are no longer a part of your life. In 1 Peter 1, verse number 22, the Bible there says, seeing you have purified your souls in obeying the truth. That's what we're talking about. We're talking about a house, my house, your house, your your tabernacle that you live in, the flesh that you live in. This is our house. That house has a soul. How we present that soul back to God is important. And as I go through my life, you go through your life, there are times when we do things, we deviate from the truth. We begin to do things we should not do. We begin to think things we should not think. And we allow them to stay too long in our thought process. And if we're not careful, very, very careful, they then become a part of our everyday life. In Romans chapter 6, verses 5 through uh, 7, You know, it tells us there that we are to be buried with Him in baptism to rise, to walk in newness of life. I was that, but I'm not that anymore because I'm a new man. I put on a new suit. I had a dirty suit on, but I took it off. I was clean. I put on a new suit. I'm different now because I have obeyed the gospel of Christ. You know, then we have to keep on keeping our houses clean. 
I obey the gospel and baptize for the remission of my sins. And, and those sins are washed away. But then I have to make sure that day by day I watch myself. I examine myself. And if there are things that need to be taken care of, I'm going to repent. That's, that's that second law of pardon that we have. And I'm so thankful that we have that second law of pardon. Because you see, there are lots of people in the world, lots of people that you and I know, people that you know, people that I know, have obeyed the gospel in years gone by. But they need a good washing today. And how does that come about? By repentance. I'm thankful that there is that second law of pardon. Because I become part of the family of God. I'm cleansed of my sin. But the Bible says we do sin from time to time. And what do we do with it? We repent that we might be once again clean. Making ourselves clean by our obedience to the gospel. In Acts chapter 8, verse 22, Peter saying to uh, Simon the sorcerer, he said there to him, Repent ye therefore of this thy wickedness, and pray God, if perhaps the thoughts of thine heart may be forgiven thee. Here's, here's an individual that had, had ere long obeyed the gospel. Not very long. And then he said, I, Can I buy those miraculous gifts? And Peter said, You need to repent and pray. You know, we need to make sure that we clean our houses out. But then we need to make sure that we fill it up with things that are good. So in the second place, we're, we're going to talk about the return. That's what we have in our text. In our text, we find it's saying that that, that spirit went out. Spirit went out. He, he roamed about. What was he doing? He was looking for a place to abide. A place to go. Much like we find uh, in the book of Job chapter 1. Satan came into the presence of God. God asked him, where have you been? He said, I've been going to and fro on the earth. What are you doing, Satan? It does not say this, but Satan was looking for those that he could move away from the truth. And God said, have you tried my servant Job? There's none like him in the earth. A man that escheweth evil, feareth God and escheweth evil. What he was saying, you, you try this guy out. Satan is always looking for a chance to come back into our lives. First Peter 5, verse number 8. We're told to be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary the devil is a roaring lion, walketh about seeking whom he may devour. And here's the thing about old Satan. He, he doesn't appear ugly. Because if he appeared ugly, we'd run from him. If we, if we really saw exactly what he was, we'd get away. But he's there trying to get us. Going to and fro, throwing things in front of us from day to day. Temptations come. They don't come from God. They come from the things that we put down inside, the things that we associate with will become a part of us. So what do we have to make sure we do? Recognize that even when I cleanse my life, 
Satan wants back in. Evil wants to come back in. Verse 44 in our text says, Then he saith, I will return. Now watch how he does this. I'll return to my house. Because you see, Satan Satan thinks that my body, my, my uh, lifestyle is his. He's going to come and try to take back what was done away with years ago when I obeyed the gospel. I will return to my house from whence I came out. And when he has come, he findeth it empty, swept, and garnished. Can you imagine what he was saying to himself? Look what I've got now. There was no opposition. There was nothing to keep him from going in and retaking that house. In Romans chapter 6 and verse number 16, you know, we do well to recognize this verse in our lives. Satan wants to possess you. He wants to possess your children, your grandchildren, your brothers and sisters in Christ. Satan would gleefully be if, if, if this church would cease to exist. That's his, that's his goal. And it will only happen if we allow Satan back in our lives. Now notice the verse says, Know ye not that to whom ye yield yourselves servants to obey, his servants ye are, to whom ye obey, whether to sin unto death or obedience unto righteousness. There it is again. Right choice down beside that verse. I can make a choice. But listen, how, how, how am I going to make that choice? Upon what, what will I base my choosing upon? Uh, well, I think this. Well, this is what somebody told me. My choice needs to be based upon what God has said. I need to make sure that my life is going side by side with what God has said. You know, we are, whether we want to acknowledge it or not, we are the Lord's possession. You know, we talked this morning about uh, God. He's a jealous God. Why is He jealous? Because He will not take second place in our lives. He's not going to take second place. We've got to put Him first. In 1 Corinthians 6, verses 19 and 20, What know you not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which you have of God, and you're not your own? Why am I not my own? I've had people say, look, I'm an adult. I'm 21 years old. I, I can do what I want to do. Well, you can. You can make the big mistake. You're not your own, for ye are bought with a price. Therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. You're not your own. You're bought with a price. You know, we sing that song, Redeemed, Redeemed. By what? By the blood of the Lamb. That's how we've been bought. We've been bought and paid for by the blood of Christ. Now, what do I need to make sure that I do? I need to make sure 
that I am filling my life up with that which is holy, that which is spiritual, rather than allowing the world to mold me. Romans 12, verse 1 and 2, Paul says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service, and be not conformed to this world. Now watch this. But be you transformed by the renewing of your mind. How do we do that? How do we renew our minds? By washing it in the Word of God. Filling, filling our hearts up with God's Word. But you see, I've got to make a choice. I have to make sure that I make the right choices. In 1 Corinthians 7, verse 23, there again it just says, You're bought with a price. Be not ye the servants of men. Because, you see, I am not my own. I cannot say, well, I'm my own man. I can do what I want to do. You can, but it won't be right. You know, I could go and jump off of a 20-story building if I wanted to, but what's going to be the problem? I'm going to come to a sudden stop, and it won't be good. I can I can reject the Word of God, but the end result won't be good. Because you see, there's another thing about what we're talking about. Uh, uh, Satan comes back into our wants to come back into our lives, and if we let him into our lives, we're back where we started from, and we can, as we said already, we can repent. But here's my point: when I allow Satan to be the controller of my life. It's not only my life, my soul that's in jeopardy. It's also the souls and lives of my loved ones. My example needs to be ordered by the Lord, by the steps of the Lord. That's why Paul would say in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse number 1, Be ye followers of me, even as I also am of Christ. Because you see, when I, when I lose my soul, it very well may be that I have somebody follow me into that eternal place known as hell. It may be that I've not tried to help others out of their sinful condition. You know, we've got passages that tells us how we're to work with our brethren. Ye which are spiritual, restore such a one in the spirit of meekness. Galatians chapter 6 and verse number 2. We sing that song, You never mentioned him to me. But you see, if, if, if my life is not what it ought to be, if I've let Satan back into my house... How how can I really be effective in trying to teach others the gospel of Christ? Oh, this thing of Satan coming back in. He's going to return if I leave it open for him. If I leave the door unlocked, Satan's going to come back in. Do you know Satan cannot enter? 
Satan cannot enter your heart if it's filled up with godliness. Resist the devil and what? He'll flee from you. He's not going to come into your life if you filled it up with good things. And let me add this. It's not enough to fill my life up with the teaching of the Bible. I have to put into practice what the Bible has said. I have to make sure that I am doing exactly what I ought to do. I need to make sure that I turn away from things. You know, Paul spoke to the brethren at Thessalonica in 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, verses 7 through 10. You know, he says there in that reading, he said, you turn from idols to serve the true and living God and wait for His Son from heaven. Turn Now watch this. They turn from idols. But then they did not become idle in their activities. They turned from idols, and then what did they do? They became servants of the Lord. And by that, they could then say, I can really properly wait for uh, the Son from heaven. Don't give place to those things that are sinful. A lot, of, a lot of things we could mention in this. Let me just mention a couple of things. Fill ourselves with God's Word. We've already talked about that. Fill the mind with good thoughts. Philippians 4, verse number 8. You know, he says there, if, if there be anything, uh, he mentions several things, uh, and, and then he says, think on these things. Fill our minds up with that which is right. And here's another one. We need to make sure we choose right friends, our companions. Make sure that we're not going to be influenced by those things out there in the world. But look at verse 45 and then we'll close. Verse number 45 gives us the result of all of this we've been talking about. I cleaned out my house but I didn't fill it up with, with good things. Well, what's the result of that? Verse 45 says, uh, Then goeth he, and taketh with him, uh, with himself, seven other spirits more wicked than himself. And they enter in and dwell there, and the last state of that man is worse than the first. Even so shall it be also under this wicked generation. Here is the result of me allowing sin to stay in my life. Here's the result. If I, if I clean my house out, I, I repent, I, I, I cleanse my soul. If I don't fill my soul back up, my mind, my, my determination back with the Word of God, then the end result is not going to be good. You know, you think about what uh, Satan's doing. He's looking for He's looking for a home. And He'll come in and carry us away. And the point in that really is this, brethren. Please listen. Do not give Satan an advantage. Fill yourself up with good things. Get busy doing good things. Not just not thinking good things. Not deciding, well, you know, I think I ought to do this. And I think I'm going to do this. Get busy and do those things. Brethren, in, our, in the church today, 
throughout our brotherhood, there are multitudes of people who need to fill themselves up with righteous things. If, if we do that, a person that fills himself up with righteousness, good things, determination to do what God said, I, I, I'm, I'm not going to be missing uh, services. I'm not, I'm not going, I wouldn't miss a service. Because when I do, I, I open the door for Satan to come in. Satan is looking for a home. I guess the close, uh, the part of this we need to ask ourselves, are we going to give him a key to our house? Because he's looking for a place to set up house. And he's going to come, like all things, to a place of the least resistance. Let me, let me encourage you to think about where you are. What does your house look like? What does your house look like? Is it cluttered up with things? And I'm talking about sinful things that need to be removed. If, if, if it is, then, then you need to repent. Maybe the, you, you need to be baptized to have those sins washed away. But also, it may be that you need to repent and come back to the place where you ought to be. Be with God. Because one day, we're going to stand before Christ on Judgment Day. What will my house look like? Will it be in order? Or will Satan have a, have a room in my house? This morning, if you happen to be here and you need to obey the Gospel to be baptized... This would be a great opportunity for that. But most likely, all of us here have done that in days gone by. Are you prepared to meet the Lord? Are you prepared to stand before Him with your house? Is it in order? If you need to respond, we invite you to do that. It's together we stand.